Hey, yes, Jesuits, if you love listening to the podcast as much as we love making it, we'd like to ask you to support the show however you can. We have launched a Buy Me a Coffee page where you can make a one-time contribution to keep the show running. And if you really, really, really love us, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Links to Buy Me a Coffee and becoming a monthly sponsor are in our show notes and on our website, yesjesuspod.com. If you can't donate right now, please, please consider leaving us a review on Apple and Spotify podcasts, following us on social media, and sharing us with a friend. All of these things help us to bring you new episodes. So, to all the zaddies and mama bears and everyone out there who already subscribes and support us, thank you so much. We seriously could not do this without you. And now, without further ado, on to the show. Welcome to Yas Jesus. We aren't spiritual leaders. We aren't theologians. Or prophets. Or even really that sure of what we're doing. We're just two lost sinners who love the Lord and want to open up his grace to other people who are on this journey alongside us. This isn't a tutorial on how to be Christian, but rather an exploration on what that actually means. In a safe space. Thank you, and God bless. Hello, kings and queens and in-betweens. Hello, sinners and saints. And I don't know what I ain't. It's me, Danny Franzese, and I'm here with Azariah Southworth. And welcome back to Yas Jesus. We are a faith and LGBTQ affirming show that believes more than ever, cleanliness is next to godliness. That's right. You better wash your hands, girl. We are on, what, day eight of the lockdown? Yeah, and we care so much about this mission that we decided to go on lockdown together. Yes, and so we have been bunkered down in your loft for eight days now, and I haven't driven him crazy yet. So, it's like an endless weekend. <laughs> endless weekend. We even have a little perfume it's to go with. It's a jolly it. holiday with Izzy. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, we're chill. We're playing a lot of video games and talking a lot of Yash Jesus. Well, we do have some prayer and praise reports to get to. Well, I will start out just praying for these people with coronavirus. I mean, I, I know some very healthy people who have been taken ill to this, who have been in the intensive care unit in and out. One of them is still there. This is a time to just really pray for strength and health my prayer during this time would be that this will be a time a time of reflection as well as healing and people come together and unify again i i just hope that it's a wake-up call for a lot of people including myself you know these are the kind of the times where we reflect and we either make changes or continue with business as usual but also no guilt for not doing anything like if this is a time that you just need to like take a break and figure this out and get your unemployment and reboot then that's what god has planned for you like you don't have to feel a pressure to like write your next book or movie or you know um like learn a million songs or work out like just whatever it is that you want to do in this time take it but uh try to make it be fruitful so be it lord All right, so we received some prayer requests as well as some praise reports from people on Instagram. So uh, Matt Nightingale has a prayer request. He's asking us to pray for his family. It's a big week for them. He said that they're having some emotional, uh, I guess, things happening in their family right now. So we're going to pray for Matt Nightingale. And you have a praise report. I do. My sister right now, as we speak, is in labor. I know. So when this airs, I will be a gunkle again. A gunkle. Three times? Is that right? A bunch. I've got a bunch. There's a bunch of girls. Uh, This is my first uh, boy in the family. So this is my first nephew. My little nephew. I got a bunch of nieces. Nephews are great. I have one niece and three nephews. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for planes, trains, and automobiles. (laughs) That is a great praise report. Uh, Or or who knows? Maybe RuPaul's Drag Race like me. (laughs) One could only hope. (laughs) 
so uh, I brought these uh, pictures with us today. We're going to do a little coloring here, and we have Samson, the judge of Israel. Mm-hmm. I thought these were the most homoerotic, so... Yeah, they're pretty gay. This is pretty gay. This looks like he's getting it. I think he's... Yeah, to me, it looks like he's getting it in that picture. Yeah, he's getting it. Samson was a little haughty, though. Mm, muscle daddy tribe. Okay. Yeah. I think that's Samson, Samson was the muscle daddy. Samson was the muscle daddy of the Bible. Samson, give it to me, Samson. <laughs> Samson was the one that I would have fantasized, fantasized about as a kid. Come on. Yeah, seriously. You had Bible Come on. sexual fantasies? Oh, honey. I always go for boys with biblical names, and it's such a subconscious thing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's a real... Wow, you really are religious trade. My first, the, my first love, his name was Elijah. Sure it was. It was. I know. You're like, <laughs> and then there was Ezekiel and Caleb. <laughs> well, there was uh, Isaiah later on in oh high my school. goodness. Yeah. Were you Amish? Uh, I mean, I grew up in Amish area. Yeah, so, that sounds very Amish. Yeah. Um, he wasn't Amish, though. It just sounds like, Isaiah, churn the butter. I don't know. We only had Tonys, Anthonys, Frankies, Tommies, and Johnnies. <laughs> and a couple of Mikeys. <laughs> So I don't really know. Danny was like original. I was just like, I was like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. But yeah. I'm giving my little Samson a pink skirt here. You can probably hear me coloring him in. We don't have skin tones, so I'm going to go totally blind casting, and he's going to be green. I'm going to make him green, like Roger and Doug. That's it. I'm into it. Um, so coloring is really therapeutic. Yeah, it is. Uh, this is such a nice time to find things that are therapeutic that sort of just like feed the soul. But this is a time where, you know, the Lord says just have the faith the size of a mustard seed. You just have to just know that there's reasons for this kind of stuff. And how could you find the lesson in it? Yeah. You know, and it, a lot of queer kids right now are cooped up at home with their unaffirming parents. I know where you school know? was maybe like a safe place for them or I feel bad for a lot of those kids that just you know needed to get away from home and home was not a safe place and now they're stuck in their not safe place you know there's a lot of trial and tribulations but really just like sticking it out is the best advice that we can give you yeah I mean do what do what you need to do google a picture of Samson a hunky Samson and color him what are your parents going to say don't color that Bible character. Yeah, there you go. There's a way around, There's a way around it. <laughs> There's a way around it. You can always just be like, oh, this muscle man. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, you know, just treat it like this is your Devil Wears Prada moment yeah. and you have to deal with these demanding, unreasonable people. But it's something that's going to make you stronger in your business. Then you'll be able to work for Gaga. Okay. Not yeah. saying that she's demanding and uncontrollable. <laughs> I think she's probably really great. But I'm saying like a high pressure environment. Um, and let's talk to Ginger. Yeah, let's do it. Hey everybody and welcome back and today we have an amazing guest here on Yes Jesus. The incredible, the fabulous legend of stage and screen and of course RuPaul's Drag Race. Miss Ginger Minch. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Ginger and I just came off of doing Roseanne Live at the Footlight Theater at the fabulous Parliament House in Orlando, Florida, where Ginger 
and her husband CJ are now doing incredible shows with an amazing repertoire of queer performers and but everything is on hold right now as the whole world is in quarantine <laughs> well you know I will say it's given me plenty of time to uh, write the next few scripts and get them read through and polished before we try to put them on stage I think it is fascinating how this mental break that we're all being forced to take it has given everyone the artistic license to get to work on all the stuff that we've been putting off because we were all busy people yeah. Well, and you know, we run and run and run and we go, oh, I just want to be home. I just need time to work on this. I just need five minutes to myself. And now that we're forced to take it, we're all like, no, I have to go. I, I'm social. I have to go talk to people. Oh, but you did find a way to circumvent some of the boredom, I guess. Uh, you're doing a digital show with Gidget Galore, correct? Yeah. My management company, Producer Entertainment Group, they partnered with Stageit.com. And they said, hey, we want to start this this digital drag festival. Uh, Gidget and I, you know, we're pretty much quarantining together because we spend all of our time together. And we said, well, why don't we just do a show that's like show tunes and shit? And then we went, oh, well, that's kind of a catchy title. Let's do that. So we put up tickets for sale and it's just it's literally us in beautiful gowns that we made because we have plenty of time on our hands and we're singing Broadway songs and playing trivia and eating gummy bears and anything that you can think of we are probably doing it and it's just been like the response has been really good it's been a little surprising in a very nice way are you an active person who prays of course absolutely and I think that anybody who tells you they don't pray is probably not being completely honest. Whether they pray to God or Jesus or a higher power or anything, everybody takes that moment where they can kind of stop and talk to themselves or whoever else is listening about their problems and possible solutions and this, that, and the other thing. So yes, I spend all day, every day in prayer, and I've done that my entire life. I knew you were Christian because you have your show, Crossdresser for Christ, that you toured for so many years. Yeah, uh, that one we have put on the shelf, but now we're working on Crossdresser for Christ 2, The Second Coming. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about that show. What's the first one like? Uh, the first one, you know, I actually got picketed because the local community thought that it was blasphemous. And I invited them all to come in and see the show and said, if you still think it's blasphemous after watching it, then I will pay you and I'll pick up the sign and I'll march with you. And the few who actually did take me up on the offer came in and they apologized to me afterwards because a lot of people say, oh, it's just a silly title. She's just kind of using this to her advantage. No, the entire show is about me being born and raised Southern Baptist in a teeny tiny little Southern Baptist town where when we finally got a McDonald's, they threw a parade. Wait, they go, let's go, go back. So what a town is this? It's Leesburg, Florida, which I lovingly say is 45 minutes north of Orlando and about 45 years behind it culturally. It has actually sprung up and gotten a lot more progressive in the last decade. But when I was young, you would stop at one location to get your gas, your barbecue dinner, and your video rentals. It was all in this little tiny side of the road place. Wow, I could never. <laughs> <laughs> and should never. It was charming because it was home and I loved the people that were there. 
And I will say that growing up very flamboyantly gay, of course I had my bullies and most of them were in school, but strangely, I never really faced that from my family or from church. I faced it from like my removed family, my my more distant relatives, but not my immediate core group. And mostly because my grandmother would have beat anybody down that spoke ill of me. And I'll never forget, like just as a a sidestep here, my grandma when my sister tried to out me in front of my entire family at Thanksgiving one year, everybody just kind of looked at me and was about to tell me, well, you know, we support you, but this is why you're wrong. And my grandmother saw it coming and she stopped and she said, well, y'all don't need to talk about nothing. You need to eat before the food gets cold. So she took me into the kitchen and she said, honey, I learned a long time ago that as long as you keep their mouths full of food, they cannot spout any bullshit. Uh, How old were you? I was probably 12 or 13 at that point. Wow. I love that. And that's when I was really kind of discovering that, yes, I was gay and really coming to terms with it. I had an XY magazine in my... Oh, God bless XY magazine. Yeah, I had one at the bottom of my theater bag packed near the front door, and I ran to the fabric store to buy fabric and a pattern to make pants. So I think my family should have already realized the signs are there. I'm probably a flaming homosexual. What fabric did you choose? It was a gabardine. No, it was just like black spandex um, back when I could wear it. Making you some leggings, babe. (laughs) I got to run out, Mom. I got to make some leggings. (laughs) But my sister had gone through my my duffel bag, my theater bag, and found the XY magazine underneath it. And I walk back in, and it's just sitting there on the middle of the table. So I knew what was about to hit me. How did you get hold of that XY magazine? Just walk up and buy it at any Barnes & Noble location. Wow, that's ballsy for 1213. See, I just, I I would go to the store and just steal mine. I, I would go get like Starbucks or and then go look at it, you know, inside of another magazine, but then like be like my ears would burn if anyone caught me. Now I I decided if you are going to accept the fact that you're gay, then you're not going to hide it. You're not going to hide behind anything and you're not gonna let anybody else tell you that it's not right. So you just push forward. You like that was the choice that I made. Yeah. Just to just move forward with it no matter what. Yeah, and take the consequences however they may come. And so you walked into the room, and the XY magazine is out on the table. Your sister's ready to expose you in front of the whole family. Oh, it looked like the only episode of Intervention. The best part of XY magazine was that they used to have, like, teen personal ads in the back. And I remember being like, people my age are actually dating, and, like... I did, and like it would be like nineteen male Tennessee or something, and I'd be like Tennessee. Like, why isn't anybody close? Like, I just remember flipping through the, you know, being from such a small town. I didn't know any other gay people, and then it wasn't until I was like thirteen or fourteen where we had another gay kid come into the theater that had just moved to town. So I felt like I was all alone, and then I had XY Magazine, and I saw pictures of boys kissing and boys holding hands and just living like a normal life, like all the rest of the teenagers around me. And I I just, it made me so happy, and it made me feel like I was part of something that was bigger than myself. Absolutely, wow. So you said you didn't really face it at church. You were just unequivocally you, like just doing whatever you wanted to be, you know, and being whoever you wanted to be. Did this, like 
pose any sort of like uncomfortability in like a youth group situation? Uh, never within the youth group, never at Sunday school, never at that. It wasn't until I got, you know, like when you kind of graduate from going to the Sunday school services and all that, we got a new preacher in town and he, I won't say that he outright attacked me, but he would look directly in my direction when he's talking about, you know, hellfire and all the damnation homosexual homosexuality goes and, and Sodom and Gomorrah and this and that and the other thing. It would always be kind of aimed in my direction. And my family, because my father was, you know, we don't really have much of a relationship. We never have. But at that point in my life, he had been a mailman in the town for 25 years. So everybody knew him and he knew everybody. He knew everything going on with everybody. And my grandparents at that time owned the Red Barn Barbecue, which was a barbecue soul food restaurant that was the biggest and best and most famous in Leesburg for many, many years. So my family was so well known that Everybody knew us and they appreciated us and they looked out for us. So they wouldn't really allow this new preacher to come in and- You were protected by community. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I will say that after I was on Drag Race, I never quite knew how they were gonna take it as far as you know, Leesburg. I hadn't lived in Leesburg in 15 years at that point, but they all reached out to me and they, they made me like their beacon of hope and their celebrity and they've really embraced the drag. I got to be Mrs. Claus in the Christmas parade. Oh, I love it. So I always really loved my community. Of course, there's certain people anywhere you go that are going to be the bad apples in the bunch and they were there but we didn't really pay them any mind oh i love that and so actually when did you start drag i started drag well i mean i guess i've always done drag because i used to steal my mother's black negligee and her red come fuck me pumps and i would be the wicked witch of the east i thought she had the best shoes the best taste in shoes my mother wasn't thrilled with the fact that i was stealing her stuff i really thought that I was going to get in trouble one day when she caught me because I, I used to do this. I would go and I would steal it and I'd put on my own little plays in my bedroom and I would always sneak it back before she got there. When my dad came home early one day because he wasn't feeling well and he caught me, when she came home, my mom, she came tearing into my bedroom and she was so angry and she said, you put the heel of this shoe through the lace of my nightgown and you tore it. If you want anything, you better save up your money and buy it. I don't care if you wear dresses, but leave mine out of it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. It took a completely different turn than I thought it would. And she's always been very supportive of me, even when she doesn't understand what I'm doing, which is a lot of the time in my life, she has never really understood what I'm doing. She's always told everybody else, it's okay, he's artistic. <laughs> <laughs> you are that, I gotta give you that. Oh, my parents had to hide the wigs and the heels from me, but I always knew where they were. And there was only one time I got caught and my dad caught me too. And I thought it was the end of the world. And it kind of was there for a moment, but we came back and still put on dresses and moo-moos every once in a while. I don't know, but I know this one loves a kimono. Mm. <laughs> yes. You, me, Palm Springs and kimonos. Give Let's this one go. a kimono or like a little like silky nighty cover up. Oh my God. And turn on <laughs> a little music, maybe a little Carmen. <laughs> Do you have a, a, what's your quarantine look right now? What's going on with that? 
Oh my goodness! Well, I, when I went to Costco one day in search of toilet paper on my um, on the Oregon Trail, it feels like I found like it's one of those cheap like Sherpa blankets, but it's turned into like a wolf skin with the full. Uh, it's like a cozy, like a cozy, cozy one. Yeah, and it's really lovely in my very cold house, but I have a big head that retains a lot of heat. So I turn it on, I throw it back, and I just wear it as a cape. Oh my god, uh, I adore you. So, Azariah, explain this um, this religious trade game. And <laughs> This religious trade game. This is something that all of us religious trade people love to play. Which way would Jesus swipe? Oh, sounds so, refreshing. <laughs> so, Ginger, we want to know which way would Jesus swipe with these following people. Are you ready? Okay. Tammy Faye. Right, because right is right, right? She's right with the Lord. She's right with me, and her makeup was always on point. And she was actually a pioneer for the gays. She was. You know that she was the first person to have anyone openly with AIDS on Christian television in the early 90s, yeah. like advocating for LGBT people living with HIV AIDS at that time. I remember that it made such huge headlines and I didn't understand like really what was going on at that point in my life. So I had to kind of sneak at night and watch like the recaps on the news to figure out what was going on. I've always really, really enjoyed her. I was, you know, it's one of those things I, I keep saying to myself, like, how did, like, young gay Danny know to love Bette Midler? And how did, like, young gay Danny know that designing women was cheeky? Like, I don't know. What were the things about that stuff that, like, we loved, right? And, but Tammy Faye was one of those. I was drawn to her, too. She's one of those lights. I know what it was. That was the eye makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also, I think we as gay men are drawn to these women because much like them, you know, we have been kind of put down by society and they kind of regain their strength and they are powerful in their own right. And I think that's something that we admire and something we strive for. So I think that's why we're, we're drawn to women like that. I also really loved Jan Hook's impersonation of her on SNL during Church Lady when she would like turn and have all her mascara like running. Like, and then I was like, who is she making fun of? And how do I find that person? Because that looks like somebody that I would enjoy. <laughs> I love anyone who will do a Tammy impersonation, which you did on Snatch Game. I did, and they cut most of it out. I mean, I was happy with what they showed, but I did the whole gag with the, the, the mascara running all the way down the face. I'm, and I'm a sucker for that gag. Like, if you give me like a mascara, like an. Tell, from telenovela to televangelist if you have running <laughs> mascara i'm in it to win it well and you know as much as i i loved her i it was kind of taboo to love her down here because we had jan crouch so which way would jesus swipe jan crouch jesus would definitely swipe right i i had the privilege of of meeting her several times here at the holy land theme park and she was always very lovely, and I have a lot of friends that worked for her. They still go on and on about how wonderfully she treated them. Yeah. You know, I had a friend who was openly gay, and his aunt ran the Nashville studios, and he actually lived on the studio there in Nashville. And he said uh, to Jan, he came out to her, and he said, I want you to hear this before you hear it from anyone else. And he, she looks at him and goes, honey, if everyone at TBN who was gay quit, TBN would shut down. Right? Any kind of creative. <laughs> I mean, she's like, who do you think gives me this purple wash, honey? Hello. Well, she would she would dye her, her wigs in Kool-Aid. 
like she would color them. John Waters style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anytime a hair got in her mouth, it was like a little snack. Well, the ants in Florida, too. She falls asleep outside on the lawn chair. (laughs) Pretty bad. It was quite the scandal that I really chose Tammy Faye over Jan Crouch down here. Oh, really? She was our... Tammy Faye, like, it was just kind of uh, crazy that I would I would seek my my religious lady icon elsewhere. <laughs> I'll always choose Tammy Faye. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, next one. Which way would Jesus swipe? Joel Olstein. I'm going to struggle with this. This is like just, like the hay queen of gay Christianity. Like you could let loose on, on Joel Olstein. <laughs> Look at her. I don't know. I have such issues with Joel Osteen and the things that he has said and the way that he has treated his immediate community. You know, there's been times where, you know, he has this massive church that he's built from their money. And whenever they were having like the flooding and the hurricanes and all that, he refused to open it up to them. And things like, like you keep preaching that you need this money so that you can open these things so that there are resources for that community. And then when that community needs those resources, you're not willing to offer it to them. Isn't that insane? That's why the drummer and the church band be driving up in a Tesla. I mean, <laughs> why do you think Trump wants to align with them so closely? In my opinion, that's my conspiracy theory. That's my conspiracy theory. Yeah, Trump wants to be tax I mean, exempt. Yeah. All right. Of course. Moving on. Which way would Jesus swipe? Trixie Mattel. Oh, he'd swipe right of for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've already forgiven her for the cardinal sin of stealing my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Trixie, and I think that uh, I think she's a a good person with a good heart. Um, Even if I don't always agree with her decisions, I always feel like it's coming from a good place. Yeah, all right. Which way would Jesus swipe the Holy Land experience? I don't know. I think maybe he just shut the app down anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening, right? So wait, how how many times have you been to the Holy Land experience? I've been to the Holy Land experience only two times. Both times I was invited and I went for free. I think that there is definitely good that comes out of this experience. It's interesting to have a theme park in Orlando, for those who don't know, based off of the Bible. Well, I remember whenever they were announcing that they were building the theme park, everybody just kind of went up in arms. They were like, what are they going to have, like a purgatory roller coaster where you decide to pour and I don't know, it, it just felt like it was being done for all the wrong reasons. Just going back to the Joel Osteen thing, like it feels like trying to profit off of people's faith and belief and... Profit off the profits. Well, that, there's that, and then it's also, it's it's a way for them to perpetuate creationism, you know, over evolution, and to evangelize, which, you know, whatever, tell people about Jesus. I think it's the greatest, I think Jesus is the greatest story to ever tell, but like... We told you, we're all about prophets. <laughs> we said it from the beginning. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. It would settle better in my heart and my soul if they had opened it and said we're, we're trying to build the most extensive museum as far as you know bible history it's the I craziest think- most like less bible but more theme parky thing that's going on over there like is there like you know the sodom and gomorrah pavilion or like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything is themed pretty well but it just comes across as as a beg for money and a beg, I don't know. It's just so over the top. Like, 
there's always like the three o'clock crucifixion. And I heard Jesus, Jesus is really hot too. Well, I've known several of the Jesuses from the biblical, and they're all beautiful and they're all great. And all the performers that I know that work there are very talented. But mm-hmm. it just seemed like they could have tried a little harder with their shows. They were just very cheesy. I don't know. It just seems very false to me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. All right, last one here. Which way would Jesus swipe? Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Well, you know, Danny and I actually had this conversation. As much as she is looked down upon right now, and as much as I I have issues with a lot of the things that she's said and done, especially recently, I think that there is still a lot of good that she has done as well. She was very supportive of our entire community, and she, she really pushed to be groundbreaking so i think that she has done a lot of good um and i hope that the stupid choices that she's made recently won't completely cancel out everything that she did before i think jesus would definitely swipe right but with caution maybe she's there for like a 90-day probation period and sees how like how she uh like tinder purgatory i used to think when i was a kid that my mom was roseanne like my mom you know, acted a lot like Rosone carried herself, said a lot of the same little things. And I used to think that she would like fly out to LA, film it, come back. Like that was her real job. I was like, you're Roseanne, I know it. She had hair like hers. <laughs> yeah. If I opened up a kitchen cabinet, my mom would say, get your head a little closer. You know, like I feel like that was kind of the Roseanne's sense of humor, like playful, fun, loving, you know, like you know good well, yeah and i grew up with the roseanne show too i remember watching it and going this is the only sitcom on tv that actually feels real to me it's the only one that feels like my family yeah i felt like that about the that. about that show i did feel that way about roseanne but i also felt that way about everybody loves raymond <laughs> 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 like, it could have been called like everybody loves danny <laughs> could have been all right well that concludes which way would jesus swipe with miss ginger mench here thank you ginger you're so welcome well i love you baby give my love to cj and gidget and adrian and all the rest of the gang over there in orlando um i love you all we love you ah, we'll bye, see yeah, I love Ginger. I love her spirit. And I really want to see her cross Chester for Christ. Oh, yeah, her show. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it toured for a few years and it did really well. It was selling out all over. I mean, I remember as I was touring, seeing posters for it at different places. But she's doing other shows now and I'm sure she'll bring that back eventually. But I think it was Ginger that really brought it to my attention. I mean, we've seen some other queens on RuPaul's Drag Race and other places talk about being Christian mm-hmm. and attending church and stuff. But I, I thought her show was going to be a parody. I didn't know it was like an uh, honest approach to loving God. And I think that that's something that's interesting that's really really great for people listening to know, especially if you're struggling with that. If you are um, trying on different clothes or makeup or doing things and experimenting and feeling like it's not something that God would appreciate, only God cares. Yeah. And that's so often the LGBT experience, right? Like I know for me, when I was like five years old, I was putting on my sister's dresses and the wig in my mom's closet and just feeling my oats. Right. And, (laughs) and I remember when my dad caught me one time, I got in a lot of trouble and I remember always feeling apprehensive about ever putting on a dress again or 
a wig again. And, Humans um, are the ones. We decided a skirt was feminine, you know? Like, right. what's the difference between a skirt and a kilt? Culture. And it's our culture that tells us that toxic masculinity is something that rules above all when we are allowed to express. If anything, I think God is the one who has instilled creativity within you and curiosity. And I feel like if you're going out there and being creative, it would be celebrating that, especially if you have incredible talents and gifts. Yeah. Look at this generation of young makeup artists on YouTube and stuff and TikTok who are doing yeah. such incredible things, especially like uh, people who are gender nonconforming and men who are doing things that are breaking outside of the mold that makeup is just for female. And these folks are trailblazing the way. Now, for years, other people probably had gifts in the same thing, but weren't allowed to show them. So yeah. I think this is a, a time where God would allow you to show your gifts. And that is what I would like to pray about. Yeah. And for those kids who are still living in those homes where they can't express themselves in that way because it's not safe for them. You know, I want to pray for those kids. Yeah. Put on some eyeliner and some uh, lipstick and, and listen to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, we come to you today together and with everyone else listening in prayer that you instill in uh, young queer kids that it's okay to express themselves and feel comfortable experimenting with color and fabrics and everything else that are, are here on this earth. We know that the soul is what you are looking at. And as long as a person's soul is true, uh, you will guide them. And God, I just ask that for those kids who are living in environments where it's not safe for them to express themselves with the colors and the glitter and the tool and everything that they want to express themselves with. God, I, I just ask that you give them comfort um, first, and then that you will provide opportunities and creative ways, uh, outlets for them to explore that. We're um, going to be specific in our prayer, Lord, and we're going to ask for comfort. We're going to ask for guidance. Yeah. We're going to ask for permission. Yeah. Um, but most of all, I would like you to give them some inspiration and creativity yeah. help them help them get better at that smoky eye help them get more advanced at sewing a seam yeah. like let them know in their breakthroughs that you are watching and you're proud of them yeah and we'd like to close and say thank you so much for allowing ginger to have time to be with us and allowing all of these listeners to have a chance to join us and amen amen now, please, if you have a prayer request or a praise report, please write us at YaskJesusPod on Instagram and everywhere good social media is given. <laughs> and uh, you can follow both of us at Azariah Southworth. And what's up, Danny? Thank you so much. Until next time, keep praising the Lord. Yash Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>